0: Many of the stories in this series contain difficult subjects and traumatic events. Listener discretion advised. So, in just a moment, our next story is from Kara. Uh, Kara is someone that I met a long time ago, and I know that she's always had confidence in telling stories visually. But this was the first time, really, that she stepped into telling a story verbally. I don't want to say too much, but get ready, because I think this one's a tearjerker. So here's Cara's story.
1: Um, my name is Cara, and thank you for um, listening to my story. I've got my slippers on. I, think, I do think they match the chair quite well. They do, don't they? It's the not missing the people that I love thing that is still really hard to navigate. I do miss people, sometimes, and I miss others a great deal, sometimes. But let's just say my memory and my feel for time is different. I love hard and lots with my whole body and force. And I would say that I'm a good friend, and a really good family member, but it's often tangled and hard to explain. And the easiest way for me to explain it to you is, I don't really miss people, friends, family, pets, dead or alive. If you are out of sight, you are quite possibly out of my mind. And I like to think of all my loves as Christmas decorations beautiful and shiny and wonderfully special, each differently, different and unique, but treasured. But once I pack you up and I wrap you in tissue and I put you back in your box and in the loft, I forget about you. But when I see you again, I love you like the very first time all over. And my ADHD brain just sometimes screws with memory, and not having visual reminders and the passing of time. I didn't even know I had ADHD until January 2019. It was a late night, new baby, breastfeeding, doom scrolling, and I discovered myself through social media memes. And for the first time in what probably felt like forever, searching for whys, I felt like I would cracked a level on my very own computer game. It kind of made sense. All those things and traits which for years I really despised about myself, these ways which became really entwined with my personality, jumbled up with who I really was, kind of made sense because it wasn't me, it was the ADHD inside of me. And there is still confusion and I'm still joining the dots on all these years of being misunderstood and masking and spending a lot of time upset and no one really realizing why. But the biggest thing is the not missing people I love thing, which is still really hard to navigate. Did you miss me? Why didn't you text back? God, your memory's awful. You missed my birthday. And when it's your neurotypical folk who you love, it's even harder because it's challenging to communicate that even though you might be infatuated with someone, you can, on the flip, not think about them as well. Us ADHDers tend to have a different concept of friendship because time is perceived differently for us. We tend not to degrade the level of our love that we have for someone with the passing of time. When we see them again, our love just kicks back in. Like those beautiful decorations in the loft, reopened. But reopening comes with a level of confusion and often consequences such as loss and grief. It can feel like it did when it first happened, the passing of time, time which we didn't even see or notice moving can hit us with a mortality stick. So let me take you back to 2017, a year when both of my big children started school, and I felt redundant, and I felt really lost. I started dipping my toe back into being creative, because I had been through cycles before, and I knew that that was a way to find myself again. And I enrolled in a local photography class at Highbury College, and I had no money and no funds to buy a camera. And I used to go and daydream outside the London Camera Exchange and look at all these lovely cameras and hope that one day I would have one. And at that stage, I took on any jobs that would come to fund this new hyperfocus. And I got asked if I would do a house clearance for a very distant relative of my husband through marriage who I, we had never met. And I jumped at the chance because... Anyone that really knows me knows that I live in junk shops and charity shops and car boots so I was absolutely not going to turn this offer down. And I remember being so excited to tear through all those potential treasures and I paced the floor so early that morning I was so excited to go. And then it all changed. The moment that I walked through that front door, I saw her coat hanging on the hook and her slippers by the mat and there was a magazine on the sofa and there was still food in the fridge. And there was a clock and it was ticking on the mantelpiece and I remember it was ticking with my own emotional heartbeat trying to hold back the tears of grief for someone that I had never met, while others pushed all these things that belonged to her into black sacks. And who was I to clear this house, her home, and decide what was trash or treasure? All these emotional layers and nostalgia and history. And her name was Valerie and she was everywhere she was drenched on the walls and she was full of drawers and her whole life in boxes and on bookcases and at that point I took full control of the situation I think they thought I was joking at first but I said if I'm going to do this I'm the captain and you guys have got to be second in command and I was that was serious because I didn't want anything going in a skip which could be loved again And I didn't want anything that she so loved and was personal to equally go in the bin and not be maybe disposed of sensitively. I worked through each room until I found this trunk under the stairs and it was massive. I could have fit into it easily and I remember lifting the lid and it was lifting a lid on pure treasure, because opening up were hundreds and hundreds of photographs, spanning decades, photos from before she was even born. There was photographs of her parents' wedding, right up to the late 1990s, where she just kind of disappeared, when maybe no one was there to take her photo anymore, and maybe there was no one surrounding her life that found her important either. Layers and layers, like a sandwich, like earth, like fossil beneath the surface. And I found diaries and letters and notes and birthday cards, declarations of love and loss. There were shopping lists. There were so many photographs on so many of her. And I found that so wonderful that alongside documenting the people that she loved, she took the time to step in the frame herself. She wasn't invisible. She was present in her own history and I packed every single thing from that trunk into my own car and that night I pieced together her life across my own kitchen floor. I discovered this stranger, unlocked someone I'd never met, but I'd fallen in love with so deeply. I'd worked out that she'd been a Pompey girl her whole life. She adored her friends and her families, she married twice, she had no children, she had a disability and she was a social butterfly. Everywhere she went, she documented. She also absolutely adored her job. And that job was a photographic lab assistant at a local print studio that once stood four roads away from where I currently live. And finding these photos did something to me. They shaped me in a way that has left a permanent mark a forever sock impression. They cemented the fact that photography, the visual language of creative communication was where I needed to go and how up until that point, it was still a key part of my life. I was using it just with my mobile phone for documentation, for memory, for enjoying the past and the present. It was more than making a photo, it was therapy. It was a coping strategy for how my brain processed. And I managed to sell a good majority of the items to people who really wanted them. And I made almost to the penny, enough to buy that camera in the window. And I still use that camera today, a camera in a business that I've now grown as a photographer. Finding Valerie's photographs opened my eyes to what I needed to be visually searching for when I make my own photos. Yes, the weddings and the parties, the Christmases and the holidays are special, but it's the mundane beauty, those small moments of life, it's the mess, the everyday, the love, it's really just about the love. Proof for my future self and those in that small printed rectangles with me that we live together entwined and important, important enough to press the shutter. And when memories have changed and moments distorted or forgotten, photographs are the key moments for me. They are the moments that I have taken t- my time to visually document, to visually communicate that this is love. And it's storytelling for our future selves. It's how I keep the dead living and those still living, not packed in boxes in my mental lost space the printed photo album, the framed images on my wall. It's my way of keeping that loft hatch open and you in my grasp. So let me ask you, what are you scared of forgetting? What are you scared to lose to the passing of time? What is slipping through your fingers and that, what don't you want to let go? Photographs are my way of staying present preserving the past and not forgetting you, but it's the not missing people that I love thing that is still really hard to navigate. Thank you.
0: And that was Kara's Story. I, I think Kara's Story for anyone who has ADHD is particularly potent because it's such a isolating experience feeling like you can't remember things you can't remember people and not being able to explain that and Kara's story really opens up like a window into that mind and allows people to see how deep your feelings are and that things are just different for you and her using her photography and her visual memory to have that is truly beautiful and her daughter came to see it as well And sit in the front row and listen to her story and I thought that was such a warming moment to have as part of the show as well. I really love about um, Cara's story is that what she is able to you know curate through visual image she does the same through words it's a very visual way that she writes so it's like a continuation of her sort of visual practice rather than something quite different and distinct Um, and that's what I kind of love about it is just being able to kind of infuse the two things together Um, and also that her voice is just so melodic yeah. So melodic and so beautiful, I could listen to Kara speak to me all evening. Read your dictionary. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think also we've talked about Kara's story a few times, and we've all said that moment about Christmas decorations and taking them out each time and them still being just as beautiful, just as shiny, and just as special. And I think that kind of visual imagery really helps us understand Kara's experience, but also for me, it just reminds you of how beautiful love is and then it looks different, and feels different for all kinds of people but it's never any less because it's not the same uh, for one person as it is for another and I just love the mapping out of a life and then learning from that to do the visual mapping of our own memories.